Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Broke Down Podcast. My name is Jonathan, I am your host, and this is episode 113. As always, the Broke Down Podcast is proud to be a founding member of Osiris. Osiris Media is making great things about the things that you love, including the latest season of Undermind. Exploring Fall 97 and the road Fish took to get there. They are interviewing great guests along the way, including yours truly. Find out more at OsirisPod.com. So it's been a minute, uh, as I keep saying, it seems, when we do these episodes. But uh, I will tell you, I went to Chicago. Mention that a little bit later in this episode. Uh, went to Chicago and uh, came back with a sweet, sweet case of the covid and let me tell you, wear your masks wherever you go. I try, I try, um, but you know it sneaks in. Maybe, maybe on the airplane when you're taking that sip. I don't know, man. But it's out there, and you should wear your masks for the safety of yourself and others. Get that booster. Try and stay well, because being not well is a real drag. I am just not right. Still, since I got that back in September. Um, but that's all about that. For this episode, I spoke with Mike Horn, whose Sea Wind of Battery project I raved about a few episodes back. Mike and I cover a lot of ground in this conversation, so I won't take too long to get there, but uh, you're also going to hear a couple of tunes one from the terrific album Clock Watching, and another from his very recent live release. Uh, it's called Live September 2022. Of course, all that stuff will be followed by some good old Grateful Dead, but I'll be back here after the chat to lead you into that stuff. So before I spin the interview, let me remind you of the usual BS, including the social media spots where I can be found. I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the name Broke Down Pod. The website, which contains many links to the many things discussed in this and every episode, is brokedownpodcast.blogspot.com. Some things are in the show notes. The rest is all out there on the uh, on the blog page. So please check these out. And if you use Apple Podcasts, drop a rating and maybe a review in there for me, please. That would be rad. Uh, helps other people find the show's show. There's just one show. This show. Anyways. Uh, okay. So now here is my conversation with the man behind Sea Wind of Battery, Mike Horn. Mike Horn, it is very good to talk with you. I am excited. We've been uh, trying to get this on the calendar and keep it on the calendar for a little bit. So uh, thank you for sitting down to chat with me. Thanks for having me, man. It's honestly, like really awesome pleasure. I feel like I have to, I have to mention that um, you know, I was we spoke on Twitter a bit. If I would come on the show, I was going to purchase a shirt. I was going to have to wear the shirt on the show. So. You know, just a little, I got I to show some love. I, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't uh, usually use the video that is captured when we capture these, but maybe I'll go back and grab a, a screenshot for everybody just to prove that you're a man of your word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do appreciate that. Uh, and it's a fine looking shirt, I must say. And everybody, I, honestly, can... They have an option for like uh, like the premium shirt. You, yeah. they send you like a special bag to wash it in, and I, I haven't washed it in the special bag yet. But it, it, the shirt is very high quality, I must say. 
Wow. I, honestly, I don't have the premium shirt. I got the I got the bottom of the barrel cheap I tea because I grew up on, you know, beefy yeah. lot tees and that's right. all you need, right? Um, but that's cool. It's good to know that those are decent. Um, and uh, everybody can find, you can find the link to that on the webpage, everybody out there, if you care. Okay, enough of that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm, I, I am really psyched, though, to talk. Uh, it was, I don't know how many episodes ago, three, uh, four episodes. I had my friend Brian on, and we were talking new music, and I uh, I brought up your latest release under the name C. Clock Watching is the name of the album, and it is so rad. And I gave it to Brian to listen to. I was like, dude, you got to check this out before we talk. And he was like, holy crap. But this, that's not the first thing I heard from you. Uh, you've got a bunch of stuff under Gold Key, uh, this group, uh, Sunblinders, and we're going to get into all of it, I hope. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And uh, how has this release been for you though i mean it's been kind of exciting it's sold out a couple runs of tapes and how's that how are things going yeah it's been um it's it's been it's been amazing it's been like it's been a really pleasant unexpected surprise i think um it's caused me to like sort of take a second to like reflect on it a little bit just also just from like the notion of uh you can never truly predict the perception of music there is no or like art in general i think like there is no formula there <laughs> there uh and i i could not have predicted uh the response to this record in like a million years i think um it's been really it's been really refreshing rewarding um and just just flat out awesome. Just like a really enjoy. I've just been really trying to like enjoy it. Uh, I released it mid June, and it's just, it's been, um, it's been the response has been really awesome. I mean, no accounting for something good, but so many good things just kind of like come out and don't really hit. They just don't really hit, and uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes it catches. So. Yeah. yeah, I you know, I, I think it's healthy to go out there with not a lot of expectation and then be surprised. And uh so here we are. Yeah. Um and I and I feel like there's there's like a part of this record that had um you know, and it it, it might tie into the whole thing. We'll probably get into it. Like it, it, it might tie a little bit into why it uh some people have responded to it the way that they have is because I it was made with this sort of very laid back no expectations. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna really dive into the creation process and send it out into the world and kind of like, however it's received, it's received. And I think like, there's like, uh, there's sort of just like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm usually kind of like a high strung person, especially with like the creation process and how I go about everything that it was like, this was one of the first things I think I was able to just kind of like sit back and just work on the creation process and and then just see what happens and people responded to it the way they did, which has been really nice. Well, let's dig into that for a second. Like what, when you, what, what is the creation process, if you will, uh, of this record? Like it's, um, you're a guitarist. I know you're a guitar, a guitar 
you know, you're doing all kinds of stuff on here uh, to explain, elaborate on what kind of sounds, instrumentation, or other we're hearing on this uh, on this record. Yeah. Um, so I think you know I, I started to become uh, infatuated with uh, sort of the sound of like different tape loops. I, I was started listening to uh, I started listening to some interpretations that I would find sort of like sprinkled around Bandcamp uh, of people utilizing like old tape loops and and sort of layering items on top of it. So I, I really like this sort of the 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 organic sound of that. Um, tape looping is kind of like this interesting phenomenon. Not I didn't do like a traditional tape loop, but I but I utilize different um, different guitar pedals uh, to to try and create some of those sounds of creating a foundation and sort of building on that foundation and trying to also like let music breathe as much as possible. I think like uh, it's as a musician, I think any musician goes about the creation process of like, well, there's a, there's a hole to fill. I should try to fill that hole. And um, I think it's very, I think it's very common. Like I've done it historically. I think it's pretty natural. Right. To, well, you know, there's 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 all this space here. Let's get a put a little get the wood block, you know, and just kind of let's do something. Yeah, uh, and in theory, and in theory, you know, you could you could create a a three track two track song and call it a day, or you could spend two years on a track constantly layering it um, with different sounds, and it's it's never officially over, um, wrapped up, so to speak. Um, <laughs> and I think. With this, I, I really just try to let my let my ears guide where where it felt like it needed to breathe, where it felt like it um, where it felt like it, it needed something to to drive the music forward. And my ultimate goal with this record, probably subconsciously, because I'd be lying to you if I said that I created this record with like an initial goal, but I think subconsciously was to try to get lost in the music a little bit. So I tried to allow myself to create it very freely, get lost in it while I was creating it. And I think the finished products kind of ended up being reflective of um, how I ended up approaching the music. Well, that makes sense to me as I've spent a lot of time with this album and um, getting lost in the moment in the soundscape is, that's what I do almost every time. Um, uh, admittedly, there's sometimes when I have it on and I'm doing something else and not focused. But when I put it on for deliberative listening, it uh, it really sweeps you one away. Um, and I think uh, maybe we maybe we should just play a little bit of that for sure. some, for everybody right now. Is there a particular track that you think we should go with? Um. I think uh, you really can do any, like you could do whichever is your favorite, truthfully. I mean, there are a couple of tracks on the record that are probably a little bit more composed and, and um, I bounced out with more like improvised tracks, but I'll let you lean on what you, what you would like to play. Well, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's start right at the beginning. Let's give everybody above the waves.
I could let the whole album roll, but we uh, we want people to buy it, and uh, right. and I want to talk. So let's talk some more. Um, so this is definitely different from some of your other work, but you've done uh, you know beautiful guitar based music. You've done music that jammed uh, with the Sunblinders, and probably more that I'm not even familiar with. Um, but let's uh, can we talk about where you started as a musician? What was your yeah. first instrument? First instrument was a guitar. Like I okay. am, I am strictly guitar. Like Pure I guitar. Okay. I'm a little I do not touch the drums. I know better. <laughs> um, uh, which is probably a good a good partnership with with uh, Joel when I hang out with there him. We'll get to that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've always been strictly a guitarist. I, I've started picking up um, lap steel over the past couple of years, and I've used that any of the sort of like um, sort of country slide elements that you hear on the record are um, I'm utilizing a lap steel, and I've tried to incorporate it live, like switching back and forth between a guitar and a lap steel, which is still work in progress because I kind of have it like propped up on one of those like TV dinner tables right now. And <laughs> back and forth between a guitar and a lap steel. Um, I'll get better at that with more shows, but, uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been, that's kind of where, where I've been uh, kind of sitting in for a while, but guitar is really my like number one uh, go-to instrument. So uh, when did you start playing? I started playing um, when I was 12. Um, and, you know, I went through the whole, uh, I'm going to be in a punk band um no pedal it's just a really gross distortion pedal uh hooked up you know a, a knockoff strat hooked up through a big amp that was like completely unnecessary for a 12 year old to have uh <laughs> anything to drive my my sister or my parents crazy i guess um but i i picked i picked up guitar my my cousin spencer gallup um i'll do kind of like a quick plug for him because he's incredible musician um incredible guitarist uh, also incredible designer. He's designed some stuff for me uh, recently that I've, that I've posted online. Um, he, he is an, an amazing player. We, he started playing, uh, we're three months apart. He started playing a little bit before I did kind of made me want to pick it up. Um, sure. He's, he's an awesome player. We played in a bunch of projects together. He played with me the other night when I played in Queens, he joined me on a couple of tracks. So we've kind of like, lived a lot of life together and grew up together. We used to play at CBGB's back in the day and like pretty much all of the like NYC venues that are now closed, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it's been really awesome to like share and uh, like share a lot of musical experiences with him. And and now to have him like play with me live on a couple of tracks and really just like enjoy it. It's been really awesome. So he's a big part of like what made me want to play guitar when I, when we were kids and um really really glad i stuck with it so you were you say you were playing a punk song so is there i mean were you a green day fan or what, what was what was the impetus there it was like green day and then it was like a lot of that other you know the yeah. other stuff you know it's like the like mxpx no effects like all that stuff um like i was pretty into that but then i was more into like the pop punk stuff too i got into like blank and as a as a kid, that stuff is like the end all be all. Like when you're 14, 15, that stuff is great. I mean, I still sure. listen to stuff now when I'm trying to, when I'm on a late night drive, I'm trying to keep myself awake with the air conditioning on. I'm like, blare some blink. <laughs> you know, it's just that stuff is, has its, has its own, um, 
compartmentalize like timelessness sort of sort of thing like it's it's good in certain instances but that was uh yeah that was really it was like just a lot of a lot of power chords um a lot of hair gel and power chords and um it was a it was a it was a fun time but uh, you know i um i was played in a ton of different different bands uh and had, did stuff solo growing up playing a bunch of different bands uh and i ended up you know once i got past a few different projects i um i i ended up in this uh working on the skull key project which which really was solely a an outlet for me to release some music um i had written like a batch of songs ended up recording all of them hating all of them with the exception of one uh a real true maybe pile like a shelved album um <laughs> out of this one song came the gold key project which i sort of built on and used as my outlet to create music working with different musicians uh in the studio in the studio and performed a couple live shows but primarily it was like a like a solo thing um and that has been my my primary outlet for creating music what i would consider to be more like traditional like indie sort of folk songs um over the past probably like eight eight years or so and i mean that's where i found you like that's where i found your stuff first was uh I don't know, I'm not sure which I guess I could go through my bandcamp history and figure out which was the first thing but um I remember a pretty early in that my exploration of that I found a cover of Billy Breathes you even did the even did the album cover um, Yeah I recorded sort of. that yeah I recorded that as a uh my my good my good friend uh really good friend Andrew Feigelman um just sort of like a you know, fish deadhead in the community. He's Baggio Richie on Twitter for anyone wondering. It's my good bud. He's a, uh, he's just kind of like a deep, deep music uh, encyclopedia. He just like knows a lot of stuff. He's been, um, he is, he's the reason I'm into fish at all. Uh, Dragging to a show after I kind of hated on them through all high school. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's been, um, yeah, he he had a baby girl a couple of years ago, and I I recorded that rendition of that song for for his baby girl at at the time as sort of like a surprise for him. Sweet. Well, it's it's pretty nice. Um, no dead covers yet, though. Only live. Um, okay. Yeah, in a in a previous band we did a, a live cover of Sugary, but okay. Well, you're gonna have to dig that up for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we won't, we won't threaten to put it out, but, uh, you have to, you might have to find it for me. Right so on. when did you shift or grow beyond the punk pop punk stuff? I think you kind of hit college and you kind of start to grow out a lot of that stuff. Like I, I started playing with other musicians. I actually ended up in like, like a band geek dorm by mistake. And like, I was never that, that guy. Like I can't read music and it's like, I'm not I'm not that guy. Um, but I ended up in I ended up in a band geek dorm that had dorm that had uh, rehearsal spaces in the basement, and I would between my roommate and a few other people that I uh, that lived in the dorm, we 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 ended up starting a band and sort of 
writing, I started writing differently. I started writing um, a little more composed, uh, more towards like leaning, like more like pop rock as opposed to like pop punk songs. And I think like that ultimately started guiding me in the direction where like I ended up with like the Golki stuff, like long-term. I mean, pop punk has, it has, it has melody and hook, which yeah. I think is a great place to start writing songs anyways. Um, a lot of people never figure out a hook. No. Even, I'm not even that good at them, you know. Every now and then I get one, I'm like, yeah, you know. But uh, pop punk, you know, it's all built on hook. So uh, I think that's a pretty good foundation anyway for writing I just. I disagree, by the way. I think you, I think you have a few good hooks, but that's, thank that's you. I'll, I'll take a few. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I like the pop punk stuff was more when I was like 12, 15, 16 right. sort of thing. Um, but I think it'd probably be the cool thing to say if I came on the show and I've been like, yeah, you know, I've been a deadhead a whole life. And I've like foundation of music for me is like entirely Michael Jackson, like straight up, like grew up on like, bad and thriller like those are nice. my yeah i've saturated myself in michael jackson's music and just became obsessed with melody and harmony and i think that ultimately led me to like wanting to be a musician and pick up a guitar and write songs because like i used to obsess over how those songs were put together because they they are true i mean how people feel about Michael Jackson on a personal level is like a whole other topic, but but I think like musically, those 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 songs are brilliant, and that was like pop music at its at its absolute peak. Uh, yeah, I mean, agreed, one hundred percent agree with every bit of that. Uh, the uh, production of Thriller is, I mean, it's it's mind blowing, yeah. right? Um. Quincy Jones is no freaking slouch and, and to be taking in Quincy Jones, like when did, when did Thriller come out? That came out in what? 1983. Yeah. 82, 83, something like that. And, um, you know, so I was nine and I was already into music, but it was, that's actually some pretty high end shit. Yeah. to be taking in when you're nine or whatever, when you're oh, yeah. a little kid. Right. Um, because, you know, yeah, it's very surface view, simplistic, you know, beat a hook, you know, a little hee hee, you know, but really those arrangements are amazing. Incredible. And those songs as written are terrific. And uh, yeah, that that's a great, a great foundation for composition and songwriting and understanding yeah. how music fits together. And the amazing thing, I completely agree with you. And, and I, um, you know, I think what's amazing about his music is every few years of life, like you're kind of, the way you listen to music as like, as like a, a five-year-old is very different how you listen to music when you're 50 very different how you music when you're 30 or 40 that i feel like you you start to like con- you constantly pick up on different things listening to the complexity in his in his songs in the composition of the songs like over time and for that like those songs will always sit in like a very like special place in my heart compared to like any other music because that's the stuff that like 
really made me want to create music in the first place. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I think this is a first Michael Jackson uh, tangent on Broke Down Pod. So congratulations. I could, do, dude, I could do, we could do this for three more hours. We could talk about Michael Jackson. I promise you. <laughs> I have enough thoughts and feedback about MJ. We could probably strictly talk about that and nothing else. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm considering it. <laughs> um, well, you, you said you didn't get into Michael. Uh, to my, yeah, it's got it stuck in my brain. You didn't get into Grateful Dead until later. When did you get into Grateful Dead? Yeah, great. Uh, Grateful Dead. I probably didn't get into Grateful Dead until my like mid to late twenties, I would say. Um, okay. And for a variety of reasons, I think. I think it's. Um, yeah, it's probably it's 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 probably pretty common that most people grow up on the music that their parents are spoon feeding them, right? Or like whatever you're exposed to in your house is for the most part, what you're going to listen to. Um, my dad, who's also a musician, is a drummer. Um, he's always been more of like hard rock guy. Like he's big, big Hendrix guy, uh, Zeppelin, the who Rolling Stones, Van Halen. I love Van Halen. Um, I love Van Halen. Love Van Halen. Uh, you know, I used to, my dad used to have the double, like right here, right now, live CD in his car with like, you know, I just remember as a kid, like the opening notes to like pound cake, like the, the <laughs> motorcycle, like revving up on guitar that Eddie used to do that whole thing. Um, like that was the stuff that I primarily grew up on. And anytime it was, I'd be in, uh, you know, um, like a record store with him and see some, Grateful Dead album or ask him questions about the Grateful Dead. It was kind of like, uh, Grateful Dead, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's, I don't really, I never really understood it. People follow them around. I don't get it. And like, I think what you, what your parents say about music when you're a kid, you, you take it at face value as, as, as fact. Right. So I think for that reason alone, unfortunately, I didn't get into the dead until much later. Um, there was a, record store in um bayside queens where i grew up uh called breakdown records and it was like <laughs> it's not it's not in business anymore it was one of these one of these guys who was always kind of like half baked behind the counter with with like a dog and he didn't want anyone to ask him for help and he had piles <laughs> of stuff unorganized you know it was just like one of those you can probably picture the whole thing um and you know i i used to go there as a as a kid and occasionally seep through some stuff and buy buy a few tapes or, or cds and and whatnot um but i was i i went there it was probably about a year before they closed down and i was snooping around the store and he just happened to like randomly have like a pristine copy of wake of the flood and at this point other than the hits like casey jones uncle john's band like that stuff i'd never really like touched any Grateful Dead in in any capacity. Um, so the cover looked really cool. Uh, it was a pristine copy. I was like, you know, I maybe I'll just give this a shot. I brought it to the front, purchased the record, went home with it, and um, didn't really recognize any of the songs. I, I sort of right. sat and listened and really let it sit with me. A um, couple songs, and I was like, okay, this is good. It's not, I'm not really getting it yet. Uh, and then I heard Ro Jimmy 
And I was like, that's a song. Um, and, you know, going back to sort of like the conversation about composition and Michael Jackson and just like amazingly crafted songs, I was like, okay, like this, this I get, right? As sort of like a gateway. If you're not like a Grateful Dead fan, you, all you know is like kind of pretty strict, like, song structure and really good melody and really good guitar playing and singing and all that stuff like that song kind of captures all of that i think and then as i was listening to the rest of the record it was like growing with me more and more like and then i think once you're once you're kind of roped in like there's not is there anything more exciting than when you first get into a band that has an enormous catalog and you haven't even scratched the surface yet and especially with the dead where it's like the, I'll, I'll, you'll never scratch the surface, no matter how much Grateful Dead you you listen to. Um, I I, uh, I was pretty pretty roped in from there, so I think for that reason, Wake of the Flood holds like a pretty special place in my heart because it was just like that was the the record that was staring me in the eye, and I I, I took a, I took a gamble on it, and um, and now I own uh, a shit ton of Grateful Dead records. <laughs> <laughs> um. For the record, I did not pay him to hype Ro Jimmy. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, that was, yeah, I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite songs, and it's kind of a weird song. You ever try to play it? No, I haven't actually, no. It's, the rhythm is not, you know, entirely obvious. It's this weird, like, shuffle kind of thing that's... Um, I, I maybe I told this story on the show recently, but you know I used to go see a, a dead cover band here in town, and they I would always pester them to play Road Jimmy, and they're like a bluegrass dead cover band, and they played it a couple of times, and then they you know I'd come in and I'd say Road Jimmy, and then they'd be like ah no, <laughs> or I'd come in and they'd say we haven't rehearsed it this week, you know I'm like right, fine. <laughs> And one day the uh, the mandolin player is like, you know, look, that song, it, it's it's hard. It doesn't work for us. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, practice. Um, Jerry said it was, at one time he said it was his favorite song to play. So I'm sure he developed other favorite songs, uh, probably within hours of saying that to some reporter, but I will cling to the quote because <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a really magical little song, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, it really is. So yeah, you a, wow. You have a favorite? Do you have a favorite live version? Um, yes, I do, and it is okay. in the intro to every single episode of this podcast. Which is that? Like what's the version? Six ten seventy three RFK. It's a pretty nice version. Great, great recordings of it there too. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> any of the seventy three ones are really great. But I mean, I had a pretty transformative moment to my, at my first show to the song in '91, so they could still do it, and that was when he would do, you know, flute solos and stuff on it, and <laughs> that shit was pretty cool. Um, I know some people get down on the MIDI, but I, I, I liked it. Awesome. I just, I just jotted that down so I can check it out after we're done chatting. Yeah, that's good. Well, you'll hear the intro at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> beginning right. and end of every episode, I put in the very beginning of that that particular version. Awesome. Um, 
and I don't, I think I've said it on the air once what it was. I don't know. Somebody's asked me like twice ever which version that was. So there it uh, is, everybody. We're episode 100 and something, and now it's out there. And uh, <laughs> so um, you have this tape out, and it is outstanding. It's on Island House Recordings, which is uh, a new label. That is uh, doing all right. It's got a, uh, it's got a modern folk record out. A friend of mutual friend of ours. He's been oh. on the show and um, a few other uh, releases. He's kind of got him out kind of rapidly yeah. since June. Um, and uh, you know, is, is good experience working with the label. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I was definitely going to make sure I took some time to to talk about on house a little bit, but. But but Tim McManus also who's just like he is just the he's one of the be- like just the best dudes like just just such a good genuine uh, loving caring human being who um, who's just he's just really passionate about um, he's really passionate about music but 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 he's he's really just he's really thrown himself full force into this this project and um it sort of started out as just this idea you know tim tim is an, another person that i've that i've met through the twitter circuit and um it just led to sort of like a phone conversation about his vision of wanting to start uh an experimental label of just like some some music that that he uh music and artists that that he loves and and he wants to make some tapes and and just share it with the world. And and we just had one conversation. I was kind of like, Hey, you know, you've heard the gold key stuff. You've heard the Sunblinder stuff. Um, I'm kind of had this thing going on with my voice that I've, uh, you and I were chatting a little bit about um, that sort of led me down this path of wanting to create some, some instrumental music. And I was working on some things, my own. And, um, and he was like, just kind of, he kind of just took a gamble on, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to him for for basically taking that chance on releasing something that had I had never done any anything like this before. It could have, I mean, it could have gone the other way entirely, but um, you know, I think it was just right place, right time, good 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 energy, good good partnership, and um, he's he's doing it for for all the right reasons, and he cares a lot about all the artists that he works with and wants to release and all that stuff. And he's just like a great, great dude. And I think you can already see how people are responding to Island house records. Like it's, it's, he started the label in June and there's already so much good that he has put out and, um, and he's going to continue to do so. And I'm really like, I'm proud of him, like as a friend, but he's, it's also just been, it's been, the whole thing has been so 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 easy and transparent and just like just a really great experience all around yeah i've had a couple good exchanges with tim and i think that's his enthusiasm for the music is uh is well it's it's really really obvious and uh i i think you know that's that's how you get great results um and why i think good people will want to work with him and so that, yeah it's awesome yeah. um you mentioned oh. the your voice can you tell us about that uh yeah sure situation? Um, a little bit before the pandemic 
um, you know, I started to feel some discomfort while singing, even talking. Like I, I would be talking to people for, for a bit and I would feel a lot of like fatigue in my voice, but there was also sort of this like sharp, almost felt like a, like a stabbing uh, pain in my throat at times um, while doing it. And specifically while like singing, I didn't really understand why. Um, got it checked out and it looked like it was, it was sort of like a, sort of like a, a scar tissue buildup. Uh, like a growth and not like not like nodules but but sort of like a similar type of thing um so i was doing some vocal lessons to sort of sing differently talk differently not push as hard like all these things that you you don't think that you're you're doing and you're sort of like trying to reach yourself to do things a, a different way um it it i think it 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 helped in some levels and in other ways it I think it's still kind of like a, a lingering issue and it really led me to focus on my guitar playing and just trying some different stuff. And I think it was one of those things that I've been thinking about is kind of like a blessing in disguise. Like if that doesn't happen, I don't end up working on the music that I'm working on. I don't end up releasing anything with Island House or maybe syncing up with Tim in the first place. So uh, I, I, I try to view it as 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 a positive like a very unfortunate experience but it's um it's brought a lot of like it's brought a lot of good and there's been a lot of like really great people that i've that i've played with and met in the process and it's just been um it's been yeah it's been it's been really it's been really great despite it being a bit debilitating from like a singing standpoint it's impressive to take what sounds like a a wall in front of you and find a, a a path ahead a lot of people would see that as a show-stopping kind of impediment yeah i i appreciate that yeah i i think it's been um it's definitely you know it's it's taken me like a bit i think to get there and reflect on it a bit as like most difficult experiences in life kind of are uh i i um i think it definitely had some 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 kind of tough moments with it but i think there was also this this part of like the the part of it where it sort of it happened right before the pandemic started and then just feeling like well i wouldn't be out recording music anyway um i wouldn't be out out so there, there, there was sort of this this i was able to be at peace with it a little bit um yeah. where i felt like okay let me just now i can just i could try to create in a in a different way and try to try to look at the music creation process from like a different uh, vantage point approach, approach things in, in a, in a certain um, down a certain path that I didn't think I would end up on this path. And I think the success uh, that this record has had recently and, and how it's been received has been very surprising and rewarding all this stuff I mentioned earlier. And it's, it's been very, um, I never thought it was going to be the type of, I never thought, that uh getting getting like on the map so to so to speak and getting more recognition was going to be as a result of something like this but i'm truly just trying to embrace it because it is it is all positive it's still it's still you know it's still my my art and my music and something that i've that i've um worked diligently on and um feel very passionate about and the fact that anything I'm creating is getting received in, in, 
in, in a positive way in any way, shape, or form, I I look at it in a very in a very positive way. You should. Um, you know, all of our work is the culmination of all of our everything before, right? Uh, you know, you you have an obstacle, you find a way to. It can motivate you. It can redirect you, and uh, you just keep creating. Exactly. Yeah, I think it, it's. I, I agree with that entirely. I think it's. It's been like a. It's just sort of changing the course, changing the approach of of it. And I, I could have let it. I could have let it slow me down and and bum me out. And it and it did sometimes, especially in the sure. beginning, that first like initial shock. But I think over time, it's been. Um, well, no, there's a lot of good that's sort of come out of this, and I um, I try to I try to just make the make the best of it and i think it's now i'm in this like this really exciting um headspace where it's like well i didn't anticipate this was going to be received the way it was and now i can i want to sort of like build on that a bit more um and that's i think that's exciting the like what's next is very exciting so what is next yeah uh <laughs> so so first i i sort of sprinkled this in earlier um a couple of weeks, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm headed to Chicago um, for for work, and I reach out to Joel Burke. Uh, for those not familiar, that is that is Rage Nat. He's been on the the show recently. There's a little plug for the previous episode. Um, he is a great, great dude. Uh, someone else I've met sort of in in the Twitter circuit. Um, super talented artist really a lot of great music out there uh he i just reached out to him sort of just shot in the dark like hey you know i would love to play a show together in chicago while i'm there um any availability like any of these couple of nights um and sort of had trouble booking a show on like a short short notice but he was like hey you know uh if i can't get a show booked maybe we should just hang like record some stuff um so it looks like now what was what started out to be we were going to play a show together is now turning into we're just going to spend a night in the studio uh, with no Sweet. direction, see what comes of it, and ideally release some music together um, from what comes out of that that uh, night in Chicago. So uh, I don't know what's going to come of it yet. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll have an idea sometime soon. But um, I'm very excited about it because Joel's awesome, and I think he he is. Um, someone that I can most definitely like learn a lot from when it comes to uh, creating like the ultimate zone sort of headspace music. And he's sort of like the king at. He's got some zones. I was uh, just in Chicago and spent a nice afternoon with Joel in, uh, in record stores, actually. Yeah. We, had a, we had a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. That is, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. And he's just like a great, he's just a great dude. And like, I'm, I'm definitely like stoked to just when you have that kind of like energy in the room to just like create with someone like that. Yeah. So that, um, are there other, uh, collaborations you're hoping to do? You don't have to name any names. Yeah. Are you looking to do more of that kind of stuff or. So that's That, that was sort of just like on a whim that right. sort of came or, uh, came up organically. Um, and we're going to do something as a result, but I think next early next year, uh, I am, I am planning to release um, probably like two to three records next year. Um, 
with a few different labels I've been talking to. I don't know like what I'm at liberty to talk about. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, you got I'm just, you got some stuff, some irons in the fire, a couple stuff. things maybe coming. I got some good <laughs> stuff. I got some good stuff coming on really awesome labels that I think people are going to be very excited about. And uh, in terms of other musicians that I'm that I'm working with, I think some of that is still TBD. But I'm definitely looking at. Um, doing some more of definitely what I've, what I've been doing and sort of build on, on the, the clock watching record. But I think I also want to um, try, try some different spaces as well, like building on on that music and expanding it a bit. Awesome. Well, I look forward to every bit of that. Yeah. Um, So one more thing I, I, I have a note down here. I wanted to ask you what, other music is currently like we've talked about your past influences we talked about grateful dead we touched on fish and what what other things are currently exciting you as a listener as a player uh what what do you what what else are you digging on these days like music stuff i've been listening to yeah yeah um i'm currently opening up my Bandcamp collection as well as <laughs> As well as my 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 Discogs page, um, there, I see I mean, a, a healthy record collection behind you. I uh, respect <laughs> much respect. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so for I, I mean, I I I think at the at the time that that we're talking right now, I think the new the new Elkhorn record, um, yes, absolutely obscene. Uh, it's so good. Uh, those, yeah, exactly. Those <laughs> were awesome. And, you know, um, I picked up a record with, uh, from, from Jesse and Drew when I, I played, I played with them a couple of weeks ago at the, at the record crates United show. Cause they, they headlined the Jeffrey Alexander and heavy letters headlined. Um, and then rootless was on that bill as well. And then I opened his new records really good. Yeah. His new record is amazing too. Um, but he's someone I've been talking with a lot uh have a bunch of shows like on on the horizon really really great great dude his new record's awesome um for sure um the new uh, tower planes actually released a couple new records i don't know how familiar you are with his stuff um a, a little bit i've got at least one of them but i don't have the new one that uh i've seen some talk of and i it's on my it's i think it's on my want list for the next band camp for <laughs> yeah he's, Friday. he's awesome um so we him and i've been talking a bit we're actually uh we're actually talking about booking a show together at rhizome and um in january i don't know if that interests you at all i think it's pretty close to you yeah that's 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 in in shouting distance i i could get up there for that yeah so that that'll probably be end of january not confirmed yet but um we're looking at that i think yeah, in addition to that stuff, I have this one right here that just that just came in the in the mail today. Um, Nimbudala Peace Rock. This oh, is no. uh, inner inner islands. Um, it's, it's, he's. I mean, everything everything inner islands puts out is pretty much good. Um, like the label as a whole, but this this record this record's awesome. I'll I'll share you. I definitely share some links with you after the show. Oh, please um, do. Oh, the new bitch in Bajas, obviously. Um, so good ox meadows uh i don't know have you heard of these guys i don't think i have yeah so i came across this record um weeks ago 
and it's more in like sort of cosmic country, like ambient space. And uh, take me there. They're, yeah, they're they're West Coast guys, and they um, they put out this self titled record. And at the time, I stumbled upon it just clicking around the Bandcamp tags, and there were only looked like they had a like twenty tapes for sale. A couple of people bought it, and I. I I think I I listened, loved it, bought it immediately, threw up a, a link on Bandcamp like, hey, you guys got to check this out. Next thing I knew, they're like, all their tape, like everyone was talking about this record and they're blowing up a little bit. So that record is definitely probably going to go down. It's one of my favorites of the year. Um, really, really awesome record. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, you have to uh, send me a link to that. Sorry, I'm going through like everything. I buy such an absurd amount of music. I feel like I'm. I could talk about this all night. I can relate, and yeah, well, we can we can take a few more a uh, few more recommendations. Yeah, that. okay. Um, I'm gonna plug my my friend. I just I just played with them the other night, the Royal Arctic Institute. Um, I played with them at the Windjammer the other night. It's it's sort of my cousin Spencer described them perfectly. It's it's kind of like it's sort of like um, if you're listening to like the instrumental tracks on on Pet Sounds, Beach Boys Pet Sounds, and it was just like a whole record of that um nice and it's sort of just that like reverby like ambient surf but also very melodic uh sort of vibe they're just really really great dudes super talented um and i'm probably gonna be playing some more some more shows with them they're they're really great guys the new eli winter record is awesome yeah that record is amazing i mean i have to mention this record because i i probably listened to it more than anything else over the past like month or so the new um the new rich ruth record it's called i survived it's over it's, it was released on third man uh it is just i i mean it's it covers it covers a lot of ground it's like it's jazzy it's 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 ambient there's there's a lot of like experimentation on it it's um it's it's a really really awesome record okay i'm gonna throw that right in my wish list right now we'll check it out later on yeah that looks uh, cool very cool yeah yeah you know um always like getting new recommendations I, I listen to just more music than my wife wants um because i end up buying it um but i, I get can't it. not you know not. you gotta support everybody you want to hear it all you want to absorb it chew on it live with it and uh and i can't <clears throat> Yes, I could draw. I can, and literally, am driving around with the same copy of "On the Beach" in my car CD player for the past two months. But everywhere else, there's got to be something different all the time. Oh, I agree, and I, I think what like I, I create this unnecessary like stress for myself that I live with every day, where it's there's not enough hours in the day, and there's not enough time that I'm going to be on Earth for me to listen to all the music that I buy and all the music that I own on record and digital and, and cassette, et cetera. And it's like, but like, I also can't stop like oversaturating myself in new good stuff that's coming out because like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I just want to just sort of dive into like all of it all at the same time. It is, it's a wonderful time to be a music fan it is astounding to see 
the you know a few times a year some major publication has a piece talking about how music just isn't what it was somewhere and like get out of your cave yeah um because it, there's just so much so much great music happening and you are a part of that mike so uh this has been a lot of fun sitting down talking with you it's a long time coming. Uh, the album is Clock Watching under the name Sea Wind of Battery. Of course, I'll give everybody all the links and all the things. And um, it's it's outstanding and great work. We look forward to we look forward to more. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been an awesome ride. And um, you know, I am uh, I'm, I'm continuously surprised by the response to it every day and and i think um it's it what what better thing is there than to create something and it's and it's helping someone else in some way shape or form um and there's really it's the greatest possible reward so uh you know thanks to everyone who has listened who's given it the time of day thanks to you for you know, having me and giving it the time of day. And thanks to everyone who is going to go check it out and maybe buy it or even just give it, you know, a few minutes, whatever it is. It, it's with all the great music out there. It's oh, it's like, it, it means so much when someone tells me that they're listening to my record on, on repeat. It's like, it's, it's hard to, um, it's, it's, it's hard to like process that sometimes. Well, it is hard to fit that in time-wise because, you know, there's, there's it's all this other stuff here, but I have given it quite a quite a few spins myself. So, awesome. um, yeah. yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks again. Right on, man. Thank you. Yeah.
And that was Summer Hymn from Seawind of Battery's latest release, Live, September 2022. You can find that and the outstanding clock-watching album at seawindofbattery.bandcamp.com. Hopefully you guys are all as into what Mike's doing as I am. Great guy, great music. I can't wait to catch him live. Now we are going to pivot back in time nearly 42 years to October 27th, 1980, and the Radio City Music Hall. You know this run from the Reckoning, Dead Set, and Dead Ahead releases. In fact, a couple of tunes made Reckoning and one made Dead Set. We're going to dodge those particular numbers in favor of some things that I quite like, starting in the acoustic set, of course, with a little Jerry Ballad. The show does not have a circulating soundboard, but that's okay. Jim Wise was in attendance, made a very listenable tape. This one's transferred by Charlie Miller and really captures the vibe of the room. I got chills hearing the audience excitement over Ripple. I hope you enjoy it, too. I'll be back soon with a fresh episode for you all. Until then, be well.
Oh
face. 